Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Hello, hello. Happy eclipse. Well, I guess we're, you know, soon enough, but the energy is palpable. Oh, it's palpable. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we weren't going to record an episode this week, but things change. And that's why you want to make sure you're subscribed. Because if you went by what we said in the last podcast, you would not know this is out today. (laughs) I mean, it's been very intense. Although I will say this week is a little better than last week. I felt like last week, the tension was so ripe and palpable. And you know, this lunar eclipse in Taurus that's happening Saturday um, is the big finale, you know, of the two-year narrative that I'm personally as a Scorpio rising ready to move on from. So, you know, if you are a fixed sign, if you have Aquarius, Leo, Scorpio, Taurus placements, but especially Scorpio and Taurus, um, you might be feeling this energy a little more intense and you would want to think back to, you know, November 2021, end of April of last year, and November, like early November last year, to kind of put together the narrative of your eclipse story and what you're tying up right now or pivoting from. Uh, just a helpful guide. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know about easier. I'm feeling literally fucked up. Like I went to bed feeling. Like- <laughs> so. Apologies for me. I will be on another planet today. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just felt like Beverly Hills just came out. We know this is going to be a spicy season. We also have the New York reunion. So things are happening. Mm -hmm. They're happening. Yes. And Winter House. I mean, yes. I'm, I was hype about Winter House, but <laughs> yeah, that's not something I'm going to like, I don't know. I probably not going to keep up week to week, but I do watch Winter House. I haven't, I haven't seen this week's yet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So this week we have not only these shows starting, but we had the news that not only is Albie Manzo getting married or by now he is married, but Lauren and her husband have been separated and it looks like moving towards divorce. He did file. Yeah, that was really shocking. Well, yes, for both those reasons. One, I did not. I really, I know Albie was getting married. I just didn't realize the wedding was this weekend, but it kind of makes sense. It's an eclipse weekend. Um, Things like that tend to happen. Uh, But then with Lauren, you know, we saw them on the show. And it's been a long time since we've actually really seen Lauren, right? Uh, So you kind of have that image of them from back then still here in the present. So definitely took me by surprise. Definitely took me by surprise. Um, I think what was interesting was the duration of their marriage I think what eight years was the headline yeah yeah so it matches with the Venus cycle I think as you call mm-hmm. them stories and so you know we talk all a lot of times about Saturn and how Saturn has this kind of seven-year cycle of where you hit these rough patches but 
all planets are on a journey and are going to, along that journey, be aspecting itself in a story on its own and other planets within your chart. So for Venus, there's a beautiful eight-year cycle. Um, if you haven't seen it, Google uh, like or YouTube a video of the Venus cycle because it's gorgeous to watch. Symmetrically perfect orbit. Like it's beautiful. Yeah, it makes a like a flower. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean the eight-year cycle, it makes sense. I think also, you know, as I've said, people grow. People grow, and sometimes, especially when you're getting married young, you grow apart. Um, and then as yeah. I mentioned with Saturn, it's like the seven-year itch that we hear about is a make or break moment. And you don't always make it. So it's like that seventh year can be really rough. And the eighth year is kind of like you see the kind of where the cookie crumbles from that, that squared point that you're at. Mm, Very. Yeah. It's interesting to tie the two together. I mean, you know, someone in the DMs, this was actually really funny where she, or they were like, oh my God, does Venus do this too? I thought this was only Saturn. And it's like, well, you know, we're big advocates on the show around not uh, bastardizing a certain planet or limiting a planet to just like, this is a bad planet or a good planet. Realistically, all planets have the potential to be good and bad, you know? And as someone very wise said to me once, uh, like Venus can be such a bee. Like think of Venus is the source of heartbreak. So dispelling myths, continuing to dispel myths. Um, yeah, eight-year cycles. But Lauren's also an Aries son. And as everyone and their mother now is aware, we are in a time where the nodes are in Aries and Libra, you know, North Node in Aries. And literally right now, the North Node, we don't know her time of birth, but Apparently, she was born on April 12, 1988, and that leaves her with a 22 degrees Aries sun. And the nodes right now are about like 24, 23 degrees. So you can kind of see its energetic impacts applying to her sun. Like this is a moment for her where she gets to, again, step out of maybe a relationship that wasn't necessarily fully serving her. And so she can be her more of her own person. Um but, you know, that being said, change is difficult. Uh, transition periods can be quite challenging. So, you know, we send both Vito and Lauren a lot of love and healing through this period. Yeah. We also don't know exactly where her moon is, but it's somewhere on the kind of Aquarius Pisces cusp. Um, mm-hmm. And Saturn is about to station direct right in that kind of zone um so saturn we think about commitment the moon our emotions um also moon associated with being a mother which she is uh so yeah just some things to think about some things totally. to think about but another again well this one wasn't shocking because we had heard rumblings coming down the pipeline but pk and dorit also on the rocks although pulling a bit of a Croy and Kim with this kind of will they won't they is it happening what's really going on I mean Kyle set the precedent right I feel like her and Mauricio like no like from the people article like the parallels are just too um, amusing but yes you know speaking of eight-year cycles right like Dorit and PK apparently this 
formalization from a source uh, of their separation coming after like an eight year cycle again. So you see Venus kind of fingerprints all on this. Um, I, what is actually really interesting is, you know, I remember that moment at Bravo Con last year. Well, I wasn't there for that particular Erica moment, but I remember sitting at home watching and I was like, holy shit. And that was also my issue around, if we're talking about a continuing theme, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, um, November, 2021, uh, you have, April and then you have like around late October early November 2022 which is right around BravoCon like and now we're repeating this story as the show is airing during eclipse season and there is like an apology right in theory um I don't necessarily know like where they are in real time right now but from what I saw from this spiritual retreat it did feel uh made honest or maybe more vulnerable than we're used to seeing from Erica and past. So who knows, but interesting timing. Definitely. And um, Dorit right now has Mars, the sun, Mercury, which are currently in Scorpio. They're all on her Uranus and which is conjunct her North node. So kind of like shocking news coming out news about your relationship with kind of Mars there. Um, bringing her towards her purpose kind of breaking away also I have not like I as I said I had heard rumblings and so this really doesn't surprise me um Mm -hmm. I just kind of like gut feeling was thinking there's going to be money issues that come out and PK has had money issues in the past so you know but then again like today I saw that um yeah it's the money thing so something about her tax lien getting cleared and like I I think I saw the same thing it was I hate I I'm such a I'm such a bad Scorpio I'm like I hate looking at money and finances like that but like it's really important obviously um yeah it's interesting right because that all that Scorpio activation that you just highlighted that was all happening that's all taking place in Dorit's second house of finances and material like resources in general um where this eclipse is going to be taking place for Dorit is across that second eighth house axis eighth house other people's resources eighth house also a marriage divorce house intimacy house you know um and Jupiter is kind of hanging out by her south node you know and this uh eclipse will be activating her nodal axis so she is almost like if I'm thinking about the Taurus Scorpio axis there's a sense of we can't pretend things are fine anymore and we have to move into a more honest and direct path so that we can actually move forward otherwise like this can't hold because so much of that Taurus south node is just oh something something's bothering me but there's like a certain level of detachment and then we're going to move on because of social etiquette because we have to keep up appearances like what have you right like it's a very it's a sign governed by venus so again venus not saying you're the bad guy but there is a more nuanced component of venusian energy that can be quite self-imposing so with the North Node, you know, getting activated in her second house, that Uranus and Scorpio you pointed out, I do think that Dorit is coming to a very pivotal moment, an inflection point, where she gets to come to more honest terms about the state of her marriage, especially now that it's being exposed. And 
ultimately, you know, you never know how it's going to result. I think these moments can either really break or make your marriage, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, she also has her natal um, Chiron and Taurus. So this, like, mm-hmm. fear of losing what you have, the money, the 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 power the stability all these things um that's like just innately built into her and I think that again like we don't know what's happening with Croy and Kim but clearly there's a financial component behind it and so like that kind of separating yourself so that you can maybe hold on to and make sure something is stable something is settled um beyond just love right like there's more to a partnership than love Mm -hmm. and especially you know like it seems like maybe pk is not totally honest with her like not everything's divulged and so again that kind of like her wanting to be a partner and um feeling betrayed could be yeah yeah I, I mean, look, Dorit also has so much cancer energy, right? Um, in her chart, like she has her sun, Mercury, her Venus in cancer. And there is that sense of, um, I know cancers get a rap for being like very emotional and sensitive and all the time, but honestly, in your intimate relationship, sometimes you can really like crab up a little bit. Um, and you're trying to like put on a front more than, you know, you have to like be strong. Like, I think we all kind of saw little glimpses of that. And I think Dorit, you know, with her home invasion and whatnot, like also very interesting that cancer energy in that 10th house and like mm-hmm. her home being on such public display um, at that moment in time. But that Venus in cancer, that energy is currently also getting activated by Pluto and Capricorn, this last grasp of Pluto and Capricorn. Like, that direct opposition and you know again venus finances money but values love relationships getting hit with pluto rebirth like transform yourself kill like a former version of it like something has to die something new needs to come in and there needs to just be a lot more honesty and there's a lot of empowerment that's promised but it's gonna you know really challenge you to actually confront yourself um and the role you play in your current situation as well. You know, she has Saturn in Leo. How she gets recognized in her relationships, you know? Yeah. Well, also like that cancer stellium that you were t- speaking to in the 10th with Venus at 29 degrees. So this kind of mature version of what a cancer could be. And that 10th house Mm. energy that's opposing Pluto, as you just called out, like Pluto's transiting through her fourth house. So that change in family, that change in your role and with cancer, again, representing mothering and like being the mother, being the protector, kind of taking over and breaking away from those Capricornian traditional views of the man is going to care for me and you know maybe who knows like maybe Dorit entered into this marriage wanting to be that kept woman but again people change over time and especially with the current transiting Chiron transiting North Node both being in Aries kind of this opportunity for her to step into being a leader as Tasha said with that um 
Saturn and Leo, kind of like that change in role, that change in how she's seen as an authority and yeah, what she contributes to the family, maybe being kind of more Aquarian, more forward thinking, more communal, less about the father, the the provider, the traditional. Mm. Oh, I love that perspective. I love that Aquarius element. Ugh. I love Aquarian energy. I'm embracing my progressing in Aquarius. Um, yeah, you know, you the nodes right now, South Node in Libra, North Node in Aries, like those are also concurrently happening in her first house and seventh houses, right? So it is so much about stepping out of that old way of thinking and like, again, that polite dishonesty and then stepping into a more authentic, more raw, more um, where she takes on a more leadership type of role even in her relationship, in her relationship with the public in her dynamic at home. So it is going to be an interesting time for Dorit. Oh, I just noticed, you know, she has a Pisces moon. Um, that's also getting hit by that Saturn stationing direct that you were just referencing with Lauren. Um, so, you know, when a planet's about to station direct or go retrograde, sometimes you can kind of see like the real sort of strongest impact because it literally feels like the planets just come to a complete stop um and you feel the intensity and the potency of that energy so it's where you kind of may get clarity realizations especially with the saturn retrograde for sure it's been a few months since like i forget since june right when did saturn retrograde i can't remember now um (laughs) yeah i know saturn well saturn moved into pisces in March um that was the big one and then it feels like it's just been in retrograde ever since uh but no Saturn is about to station direct so you know there are certain points for the certain things that you've been maybe ruminating on over the course of this past year look where Pisces is in your chart like through the summer um leading into the summer like yeah there might be some there might be some interesting nuggets of wisdom for you there Hmm. I also feel um that kind of in a way like Kyle Kyle announcing what she's going through with um Mauricio is kind of like a like a blueprint for Dorit and kind of like an it's okay and if they're going through it then of course you could be going through it because again like and I think Kyle references this in the trailer but it's like everyone put us on this pedestal um the fan every like everyone being the fan so um uh, yeah which brings us to Kyle and I I keep wanting to call him by his last name and just call him Umansky you know it's fuck man when I posted that like story and had like Kyle's triwheel which sorry people I know that might have been a little too complicated based on some of the messages I got um but essentially what I was trying to show is like Kyle's chart was getting majorly activated there's like a lot of shit happening so for people who are commenting online this is like a publicity stunt or for ratings or whatever I'm just like sure maybe it can be but there's like way too much going on for it to be just a publicity stunt in like the fakest form of it you know also like kyle doesn't need the publicity like 
first of all, coming off of last season with all that Kathy stuff, I feel like Kyle would want to just lay low. Like, Mm. yes, she has, like, she's a Leo rising, but she also is, like, very Cancerian, and she just wants to, like, protect her family. This is not, like, she's not trying to, like, have her family be called out or seen in this way. It was bad enough with it being, like, her sisters and their relationship being on display. Like, this is not something she would have wanted out there if it could have been avoided. So, I mean, like, yeah, yeah her chart itself is just all I need for to know that this is not a publicity stunt. Yeah. I mean, it's cool you said, you know, she's so Cancerian like that. She does have her Mars and Scorpio in her fourth house. Um, and, you know, Mars and Scorpio, Mars, very mama bear energy in the house of cancer um your home your family mars how you assert yourself and you know she also has neptune there she this is like such deep compassion and love for her family um boundaries blurred sometimes maybe there's like an ill enmeshment especially with the scorpio energy but there's just always like yeah this is a really really important thing to kyle and so i totally agree no way Oh my God, she doesn't have cancer. You're right. Why? I was like, this is such a cancer heavy cast. But no. <laughs> well, the thing is, she is a, you know, uh, Cap Sun, and Cap Suns can sometimes operate very cancer like, especially she has Cap Sun in her sixth house of service and duty. And so it's always about other people. So, you know, essentially, like she's made the Capricornian mission about everyone else, um, or at least at a certain point in her life because it definitely seems like she is stepping into that Saturn in Aries um North Node in Aries energy right now especially with this first episode and especially also coming out on watch what happens live oh my god like that I just finished watching before getting on and I am so impressed at this version of Kyle like I'm actually very excited to see this version of Kyle because old Libra moon Kyle would have not necessarily addressed it like this yeah wow I she just like she really gave the people what they wanted and it just seems so open and authentic and yes she's an actress so maybe like it's not as 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 much as like it seems to be but yeah and for Kyle she's not that good of an actress (laughs) she's like fun to watch but you know for Kyle, the North Node, Chiron, and Aries that are transiting right now are hitting her Saturn. So kind of like this renewal and repurposing and especially in Aries, like again, coming into your own, being your own authority um, in the ninth house, the ninth house being kind of about like separating away mentally and physically from others you know it's like the house of higher education of travel and I think we see Kyle just kind of resetting how she's seeing herself and others and where she fits in within that and I just like loved that conversation with the tattoos and just like how she was addressing him and just how matter of fact it was like no actually not and Kyle's such a people pleaser we've seen that time after time so yeah like exactly like you said I'm also proud of her like she's clearly standing up for herself speaking to what's true to her um 
and I just I yeah love that really excited to see Kyle evolve or like to see her evolution in this season oh absolutely I mean what did you think of Mauricio saying like you can't get any more tattoos I feel like one that's a really big way to stoke that North node in Aries like you cannot do that and it's like no I will not listen um but that definitely I don't know that took me by surprise I don't know if it did for you um it didn't it didn't I feel like it was one of those things where the way he said it isn't the way he meant it kind of um and I think mm. said like they're very disconnected right now so it's like the like maybe the way that they're used to communicating doesn't hit the same way because the other person isn't receptive to that conversation because they're just not emotionally <laughs> fulfilling each other <laughs> currently oh my god Alison Dubois forever lives on Kyle like her human design chart she has some really interesting chart. She's a projector and she's an ego projected authority. So the only centers that she has defined are her heart center, her ego center, which is her authority. And basically it just like anything she does, everything she does is driven by her willpower and what she believes in. And her identity center is the only other center defined. So it's like, she very clearly knows who she is um and so like I think here we're really seeing an aligned version of Kyle whereas in seasons past we saw a very unaligned version of Kyle always bending over backwards for others again trying to like be that people pleaser um but here we're seeing her being true to herself if I want to get tattoos I'm going to get tattoos and like having finally have tapped into that willpower and that like what I want is what is going to be happening period foot down I'm not pleasing my parents I'm not catering to my children and fuck you Mauricio (laughs) Like, you can be my partner or you can move out of the way. Well, it's interesting, you know, with Mauricio's chart, like that Saturn, again, stationing that you were talking about is hitting or, you know, his nodal axis is in Virgo Pisces, his south node in Virgo, his north node in Pisces. And so right now, we don't know his time, unfortunately. Um, But it's, it's interesting when you look at Kyle's chart, where that plays a role and how that's getting activated. I mean, this is a very intense inflection point with that Saturn stationing direct for the both of them because his North Node is in her eighth house of marriage and intimacy and bonding. And so, and that's where Kyle's natal Venus and Pisces is. Like the, station, the Saturn station direct is like actually blowing my mind at how impactful <laughs> so it's like oh astrology really did <laughs> for better or for worse you know <laughs> yeah. so what did you think of the beverly hills um episode premiere? i liked it i actually thought that this was a really good start to the season i'm excited i you know opening up with pk and dorit setting the stage for the season you know weaving in kyle and then i like the i like the uh addition of sutton and garcelle both kind of coming more to the table like getting more of a formal introduction with their stories this season um it was cool to see jennifer tilly uh it's interesting that Sutton bought, bought a horse and 
Uh, I'm sure we'll get to her chart at some point, but I do want to say it is funny that Teddy Mellencamp on Watch What Happens Live insinuated um, how often Sutton likes to drink with keeping vodka in her purse. And Sutton is a sad rising, um, but has Neptune in Scorpio. So in that 12th house. So very interesting. Mm, yes. Sag rising, um, horseback riding. I have like a post about that from, I don't know, like a, a year or two ago. It's like things you, things that are required as a Sagittarius ride rising and a horseback riding. Yes. Um, yes. Next thing you know, she'll be doing archery with all the ladies. <laughs> I, well, I thought it was like really cool symbolism for Scorpio season because Scorpio season just started this past Monday. Um, in case you're wondering why the mood just took a few notches down. Um, the fact that there was Eagle Woman getting introduced in this episode and how Eagle is, you know, part of the Scorpio evolutionary archetype. You have Scorpio at kind of like the lowest level or at the bottom of that totem pole, not saying good or bad. And then you have the eagle you kind of evolve into the eagle with perspective and you can kind of fly above and you know have a more wise uh wizened attitude um an integrated attitude and then the last and the highest tier is the phoenix you know you get this image of always phoenix rising from the ashes when you fully integrate the lessons when you like can kind of help others you know so you can kind of see where the evolutionary trajectory is um so yeah the fact that we had an eagle woman to mark the start of Scorpio season on Beverly Hills. Bless. That was a very good moment, I thought. <laughs> um, I didn't love this episode. And this is why whenever there's like a spicy uh, trailer, I get concerned. But it was just the first episode. So, of course, I am holding my judgment for more to go by. But, yeah, I it also feels like it's it feels like a really long time since last season. I feel like usually I'm mm. like, oh, wow, I feel like we just ended this, but they feel so long ago. Um, I think I just feel really disconnected from them. And then it's also what's weird about social media being so prevalent now. It's like, we've heard all these things. We know all this stuff. And mm. now we're just going to be watching it play out. But this kind of is all like old news at the same time. So it's interesting how it changes the like the viewer experience. Mm. Well, <laughs> September 10, 2022 was when Rina sent her email in. So this really has only been about a year ago. And I know they took a little bit of a break after last season to kind of recalibrate. But I totally hear you. It does feel like a long, long time ago. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, but we also have this week the first first part of Reunion in New York. Yes. Had very different um, reactions to the episode. Did we? Well, that's what you texted me. Oh, oh, because you were crying. I was like, wait, why are you crying? Yeah. And like the beginning, the first half, what about like what everyone was saying? I was crying. I think like first of all, I always like have a spot in my heart for people who are have to like grow up 
quicker than they should have to for whatever reason. So like hearing that Erin had to kind of be the mother for all the kids, like I, I shed a tear for that. Um, But then we had Jenna talking about like her, her lack of a relationship with her mom because her mom has Asperger's and like, Oh my God. Like I just, okay, guys, to be fair, I had like just started my menstruation, um, (laughs) but I don't know. It's like, that's sad. Like your mom for most of us is like one of the closest relationships we have. We literally come out of this person. So to not be able to connect with them and to like have that that awareness of what's going on and like as she said her mom knew and but like knew there was nothing like that whole thing was just heartbreaking to me Mm. no that's fair that's fair maybe I'm just a little more detached this season (laughs) (laughs) I mean I okay that was like really it it's more like I just didn't cry or I didn't necessarily feel like I don't know, maybe that moved. I mean, I was definitely touched, but I think I was just very distracted by a whole lot of nonsense going on in the episode. Or I just, I don't know. It just felt like such a disjointed episode that I was like, oh my God, like where? And the thing is, Uba was dropping hot tea that no one was picking or like Andy was not continuing with, or I don't know if he continued, but they edited it out or what have you. But I'm like, She's dropping some mini bombs. Why is nothing happening? And then it just, I don't know. It felt weird to me. Yeah, I wish that, I understand that there are goals that they have for a reunion and like certain conversations that need to be had. But clearly Uba was coming in and like wanted to get something off her chest from the moment he visited her in her like dressing room beforehand. Like she was ready to just have the conversation and move on and she kept trying to like go there and he was like well we'll get to that later we'll get to that later but he's basically just silencing her and again it's like can't you just like move things around and have that discussion now and then have a different discussion later I'm sure you can play a package at like the drop of a button um so yeah I agree with you I wish they would have just like let Uba kind of take care of that and then I think she would have been more present and more heard throughout I don't know yeah but to be honest like I I really just don't understand why Uba came so hard for Jenna I felt like everything was always pulling back to Jenna um so I'm still like trying to figure out how I feel about that I guess I just I just didn't I guess the only thing I can really think of is like the team Aaron versus team Uba during that, during that fight. But, you know, it's just an interesting thing to cling on to if that's the only thing. Well, and that's what feels really fake about a lot of this. And I think this is a lot of people's, like I've seen people talking about this like it seems prescribed it seems fake some of these arguments seem so stupid and it's like why is this coming up again the cheese thing again like I had completely forgot that that's even how this season started because it was so stupid and it was so disjointed since it's not something we saw and it never really even felt like we got the whole story um Mm. and yeah like you're saying here Uba it she said it was because Jenna said she was team Aaron. I like she said that and she also said 
because I think oh who was it someone else was like I think oh it was Sai Sai was like I think what Uba's referring to is the fact that like in Jenna's life she's this kind of powerhouse boss businesswoman and so to come into this situation and to not be that I think is what Uba's saying and Uba was like yeah that's what I'm saying she's just like a different version of her and like to Jenna's point like I'm a fucking whole real person like there are different sides of me I'm not coming in here to be your boss I'm here as a dynamic of women which is not something I'm familiar with or comfortable with and I also Mm -hmm. like so many people Jenna included but we've seen this on seasons past all these people are like, what? You've never been on a girl's trip before? I've never been on a girl's trip before. Like, I don't know that they are that common. Like, do people do them? Yeah, sure. But it's like not, I don't know. It's like you're a fucking alien weirdo if you haven't been on a girl's trip. I feel like you've saved yourself many a chaotic planning session. So, <laughs> and fights about cheese. Yeah, yeah. Sally was a very interesting um, person to get to know the season. And after watching this episode, not to say I've not arrived at this conclusion already, but I'm just not really fully vibing with the energy she's putting out. And no disrespect. And of course, you know, we found out that she's like a Gemini rising. So putting her chart more into perspective. Um you know, she does have that Mercury in Scorpio. Um, that is something that's in her sixth house, you know, and the sixth house can be considered a house of flaws. And so Mercury in Scorpio there sometimes just, she is just hitting, 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 like lashing, 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 lashing. But there is no sort of like groundedness in how she's going about it it just feels very chaotic yeah also i mean gemini rising with a moon on the ascendant um like that first house yeah you're like not gonna be able to hold the gossip in like it's just gonna come pouring out of it it's like it's such a yenta position (laughs) yeah and it's opposing neptune you know so we talked about that like that same combo of big wish energy is also very much like drunk gossip sesh vibes yeah yeah but like literally in my notes i have takeaway just like big letters takeaway Aaron's a liar and I don't like the sigh that we're seeing because I'm I'm sure there are other parts of sigh and I'm sure she's like great gal in her personal life maybe not but like I don't know she seems cool enough but the version of her that's coming off here is not one that I want to keep being subjected to <laughs> mm. well is Aaron a liar or does she just have Chiron and Gemini I'm just kidding but like you know Gemini placement sometimes right like you all don't remember what you say truly totally but I do think that uh, and yes like the Chiron and Gemini conjunct the Venus but like the way that she went on that podcast and she completely changed how Sai had like come in about the cheese situation like your 
purposefully for the sake of a story changing how you're communicating things because you're Mm. trying to start stuff or because you want to be telling a good story I know a lot of people with Gemini placements who like want to tell a good story and they'll do that at the sake of facts being a part of that Mm. So that's where I like, I don't think it's malicious lying. I think it's for the sake of the story, for the gossip, for like the reaction it's going to get in the moment. Um, But yes, that is being a liar at the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I can't, I feel like I have to, you know, defer to you as the Gemini authority. Like I, I already have, you know, you know how I feel about Gemini and Libras. I feel like. So I'm always going to come at it with a slightly biased opinion, although I am getting to know some really, really great Geminis, so I will take it. Her Neptune is uh, in opposition to Mercury conjunct Sun, so that kind of delusion with what you're saying. In Cancer, you can hit hard. Um, In Capricorn, to kind of further yourself, like this yeah wanting to climb to the top and it could be at the sake of what you're saying about others well okay also though that mercury this is why this is why i fucking love astrology because you can like interpret this in so many different ways that retrograde mercury right also i wonder if there can be something said around how she might have like gone back into the past and like actually then understood how she felt about it and then like you know what I mean? And in a way that doesn't make sense to anyone because it is a retrograde planet. They're not here to be understood. They're here to kind of be counterculture. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I think that's giving her like a big benefit of the doubt there. <laughs> okay. 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 That's fair. I will say I had to, I had to, you know, always throw the question out. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, one thing I will say that comment that you made about Gemini is like the omission of facts with the sake of a story like low-key that's something SAG do too but more hyperbolic like SAG's not afraid to you know that Jupiter influence throw in a little razzle dazzle throw in like a very in like I scaled 10,000 steps to get here you know like type of energy so they're on the same axis so you know you can kind of see that quality in both yeah and Sai happens to be a SAG son, so lol. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like I'm curious to see what part two of reunion is gonna be because with the exception of again not letting Uba say basically anything this part, like I don't know what else there is to cover. I feel like they've really kind of covered everything. Yeah. I guess the Jessel stuff and Povitz. No, they did the, yeah i just like what else is there are they bringing oh are they gonna bring the husbands because I, I would love positive on so. i oh, would shit. i do love a house husband like crossing the line and then being called like honorary house husband peter thomas um joey gorga <laughs> joey gorga yeah yeah i mean pavit at that scorpio i believe scorpio son you know he's not gonna he's gonna Hit below the belt a little, but it's gonna be for the person he's mated with or who he's like got his loyalties to. So I love the Jessel Taurus Pavit Scorpio like opposite attract energy. Like, ugh, warms yeah. my heart. 
And I love that reel that he made about his 24 hours in. Um, um, Honestly, that looks so good. Also, if I were flying first class, I would do that. Like, if you have SAG placements, you would do it too. I would like 90,000% think. That's a SAG. Very SAG. 90,000%. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of exaggeration and hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, my my SAG moon is out of bounds. So my hype, my metaphors are like so, so, so big. Um, But anyway, I you said you did not watch Winter House this week. I personally really enjoyed it. And I think it's going to be a fun season. And I actually really love the addition of the Below Deck cast. I did not realize Malia and Katie were so close also. Yeah, I don't remember Katie. I remember Malia, of course, because she was first female bosun. She's such a badass, honestly. Like She's like second officer now. I'm like, we saw you come on and got promoted to lead Duckhead. And now you're a second officer. Like, that's sick. Yeah, yeah, no, she's boss. I also, yeah, I just love that, like, um, Brian from Family Karma, the Below Deck people, they're kind of, like, pulling from their own talent. In, and it's like, yeah, like, we want to we want to know more about these people. We want to see more of their story, of their evolution or devolution, um, whichever way it goes. So I am, I'm excited to watch and see what happens. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like shifting to a bit of a younger crowd because I feel like Summer House was, I'm not going to say aging out, but they've all commented about how like, old they're getting so i feel like this is kind of also that way to keep the franchise alive but bring in fresh younger blood oh yeah totally i mean i was so tickled by brian i did miss him on screen he's such a like he's such a character for i think the best way to describe him yeah he was literally so freaking Libra on this episode. Like, the way he was trying to flirt aggressively. Like, him and Alex both. And I think Alex might be a Leo. I don't know. We're just talking sun signs here because I haven't looked at any of their charts in depth. But, like, Brian and him talking about wanting a relationship and then, like, looking for that commitment and then just all these things. I'm just like, oh, my God, you're being so Libra. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I just I didn't watch the episode but I saw a little bit of the watch what happens live with him on and and he was like questioning his flirting tactics and he's like listen if you start at the bottom there's nowhere to go but up. it's like okay interesting <laughs> I, I I adore him I wished his parents or his mom could pay a visit to the house that would have been very cute um but yeah I mean single Danielle very interesting and of course this episode opened basically a week after Sandoval happened so you know we remember that time again that Jupiter Venus Chiron conjunction in Aries um so this should be a pretty explosive and pretty interesting season I think energy wise um coming in hot type of energy yeah and it seems like there are a lot of them there um it just seems like it's a big group of people, which I'm excited about because I think last year it didn't seem like there were enough people. Um, 
Mm. That was Martha's Vineyard. I, I they're all like mixing together. <laughs> they had all these house events. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad Jordan's on the show. Like I actually enjoyed her presence. She has a very strong presence, right? She is Cap Sun, Virgo Rising, Virgo Moon, and that you know Virgo Moon's in that first house, so there is more force. Um, there is more of that Aryan type of quality as well. It's just on display and. Yeah, I'm excited to see, although she was already like embroiled in like getting macked on by both Brian and Alex this first episode, which was so funny. Um, But, you know, she's very cap. And I love that. Love that. Love that about Jordan. So just shutting it down. No problem. I'm intrigued to see how the old guard accepts new the newbies mm. week. um that will be interesting because like i mean at the beginning of summer house when the younger people like the amandas the pages the hannah started coming on like Lindsay, danielle they they didn't love it they weren't necessarily open and welcoming um from what i remember and i do remember there being i mean it caused a division that's why like that division still exists within the house yeah. It will be interesting to see. Although, I mean, Kyle's like always open and welcoming. And I think um, Danielle might kind of just feel like she wants friends. Like she wants to be included. I don't know. Just like Danielle vibes. Well, she, so she said in the episode, she just broke up with Robert. Well, no, they broke up five months ago. But, you know, if you backtrack the time, it is back to eclipse season. <laughs> of 2022 um when their breakup went down so you know i think we get to see a lot more of fun danielle and to your point this group isn't so much a old guard new guard anymore i think just because there is no one from the old guard it's just kyle right now Corey was even like a new new person you know he wasn't even a full-time summer house person so it feels like there is lol this feels more pluto and aquarius than Pluto and Capricorn. And this is when they were filming, right when Pluto moved into Aquarius. So it's very, (laughs) I love that like synchronicity. Yeah, perfect. Perfect way to end the episode too. Just bringing it back. (laughs) You know what? Bringing it all back. But in case you're looking for more Bravo pop culture astrology content, follow us at the Cosmic Clubhouse on Instagram. Yes, and as I said at the beginning, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss episodes, the normal weekly ones, or the bonus. And rate, review, and please send this to your Bravo bestie. (laughs) Bravo bestie. Have a very good eclipse, y'all. We'll see you soon. Bye.